Welcome to the Busy Mumsy Podcast, Season 2. I'm your forever coffee-infused host, Ashley Verma, and we are all here weekly to share the ups, downs, and all-arounds of the wild world of parenting. A safe space, a Lego-free space, to vent, to inspire, and well, perhaps this is the only adult conversation you hear all day. What is Adia doing? A, B, C, D. <laughs> is that funny? So each week, I will be joined by a fellow striving, thriving, and surviving busy mumsy. We learn together. We grow together. Hell, we cheers with an adult bevy when necessary. I get it. I am human and failures simply happen. I am not shiny and I am never filtered unapologetically. I am at its best. Even when the dishes aren't done, there's crayon on the wall, and well, my hair hasn't been washed in forever. I am Busy Mumsy. Hi, my beautiful Busy Mumsies. Ash here. Hope you're great. I always hope you're great. Ah, you know, I have to share, because I actually don't think I talk about this all too often. So I do all the bookings for the Busy Mumsy podcast. I get all of the blogs, like I, I, I run it all, um, and I love doing it. This isn't going to be a rant about complaining about doing all of this because I love, like, wholeheartedly, I love building Busy Mumsy. But with the podcast, yeah, I definitely have not shared this before. It can be tricky um, because I probably send anywhere between ten to fifteen emails a day <laughs> to try to book guests onto the show. And I do this by like, I basically go on to social media and I look for people that I think would be a great fit for Busy Mumsy. I would love to really to hear their stories and, you know, fingers crossed that someone responds. Now, I'm going to first say this. Do I hear, do I get nasty emails? Do I not hear so kind responses of like, they're way too busy. Um, how much are you going to pay us? Blah, 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 blah. I hear from a lot of agents. I hear from a lot of managers. Um, yeah. Can I just say that I reached out to the next guest and it wasn't even a day later. I heard back from her specifically with the most cheerful email. And I'm like, oh my gosh, her energy matches her social media and it matches her email. And I'm so excited. Yay. So I guess what I just did was a little bit of a ramp, but like not a ramp, but like I had to say it because doing this is not just all easy breezy lemon squeezy. There's a lot of time and effort and a lot of me pacing with fingers crossed that someone will say yes, because at the end of the day, I do have deadlines and I want to make sure that I have enough content and enough podcast generating to get out there so that you have something to listen to every week. So with that said, I am beyond thrilled to welcome today Vina Crownholm onto the Busy Mumsy podcast. Now, she is an American writer, motivational speaker, an internet personality, blogger, actress, and dun, 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 a beauty queen. Yes, this is the first time I've ever had a beauty queen on the show. This is so freaking exciting. She was crowned Miss California in 2004 and was a runner-up to Miss America in 2005. What? How cool is that? So already, like, she's smiling. I think you're smiling now. I'm smiling saying this. She recently, I've crowned her a QVC queen 
because she is now an ambassador on QVC for certain products that they are promoting out. It's epic. Her platform is gorgeous. She's got two boys. I, she also homeschools, which I want to know about. Like We never have really touched much about that on this platform. So I want to know how she's juggling it all with this gorgeous smile that she always has on her face. And um, yeah, let's dive on into this week's Busy Mumsy Chats. Vina Crownholm, welcome to the Busy Mumsy Podcast. Hi, Ashley. I'm so excited to be here today. I'm so excited to meet you. I follow you on the gram. I, 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 what can I say? It's like Instagram makes you think that they're like, everyone is your fast friend. And so equally with podcasting. So it's just like, for the listener, we just met three minutes ago. But you know what? Here's the thing about like the gram and things like that is that I have made some of my very best friends on there, especially during COVID because it was such a great way to connect with people and have a community. And so I actually love it. I have a great community of moms that I love chatting with. Oh, that's amazing. And that you're, you're, you're willing to connect. Cause I know that once you reach an influencer status, then it's kind of like, <laughs> you'll have to speak to my agent. So I oh am God. forever grateful when I come across someone like yourself who has a wonderful platform, a huge platform, and is still like, well, yeah, of course. I'll totally come on the podcast. Oh my gosh. No, I mean, uh, Al, my manager, he will tell you that I, I love connecting with people. That's like half the fun. And I, while I'm an introvert, I am a people person. Like I love hearing people's stories and meeting them in real life, ideally. But I just feel like a lot of times you can like lose touch with people if you don't allow yourself to get immersed. Right. So I feel like I consume content on Instagram and I love connecting people and I'll reach out and DM them if I like a story or like anything they're wearing. So I love when it happens too. And that's just such a fun reciprocal relationship that I have on there. I love it. Well, to rewind back very well before social media was a big boom, there was another great way to connect with people. And for me, that was through dance competitions. But for you, Ooh. it was through pageantry, which you I know, it's. Oh, this is even funnier. Okay. So my whole life, I actually grew up as a, well, I ended up being a world champion baton twirler. That is actually my secret skill. So I traveled around the world competing. Um, I was wait a minute. Wait world a minute. records for a moment. Yes. Do you yes. School? My mom no. does. <laughs> my mom just turned 69. She's going to hate me for saying that. And she literally <laughs> I was in Florida in July and my mom has the batons under the bed and they come out and they, she, yeah, I mean, it probably shouldn't have said that part, but you know, it just is what it is. She's probably my superstar. We, we might even know a lot of the same people because there's so many amazing baton twirlers in Florida. So good chance um, back in my day that we actually ran in the same circles and like know a lot of the same people, which is crazy. But when I was 17, I kind of finished competing as hard as I was, like I was really in it, did all the national and world championships and all of those things. And then I went to college and I twirled at UCLA because that's kind of what you did in the day. You would go on and twirl at your university. And then I got into pageants because I was in charge of paying my own tuition. And so I was looking through my like sorority like papers and then it was like, do you want to win $1,500 this weekend in scholarship? I'm like, yes. Because back then $1,500 would have paid for 
a quarter of my tuition and some books. Today, that probably would be, I don't even know what, it probably doesn't even count for anything, but back in my day, it was awesome. And so that's how I got into the Miss America pageant. Oh my goodness. And then that ability to connect with others, but also to create confidence within yourself, right? I mean, it takes a lot to be up there on that stage in, I don't know, did you, it, I, I can't remember, is Miss America, did that have swimsuit? Yes, it did. Okay. And I am an introvert. I'm very shy. I'm a very modest person. Like when it comes to my body, like that is not something that I like showing off. So for me, it was like a big, like if you can walk on stage in four inch heels and we were sponsored by Speedo the year I competed at Miss America and literally the whole swimsuit came in a sandwich bag. I'm like, there's, where like, is it came the in the mail. And I was like, where is the bathing suit? You know, cause I'm a person that likes high rise, like bathing suit bottoms and like a full top. And they were like, there's your bathing suit. I'm like, how is that possible? Like the whole thing is right here. Um, but I did it. And so for me, that was like a really big moment of confidence because never in my life did I think I would do it, not to mention like on national television on ABC, you know, where you're like, I just did that. Would I do it again? Probably never. But I did it then and it was really fun and it was just such a great way to get out of my shell because now I'm able to enjoy the facets of my life that I was too nervous as an introvert to do. And I love that. How do you think that that kind of set you up for parenting? Because Ooh. in that world, and I, I can only touch on it from like the dance competitor side of it, um, was all about perfection in essence. Like it, you may not have felt perfect, but like you, you strive for it, right? Whereas like when you dive into the, parenting pool it's a little different and it's less um I'm not gonna chat about the fabulous closet that you're sitting in front of and it looked perfect to me but you were like no 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 it needs to have a tidy up right but like it, it it's a wild world so how was that transition for you to go from really being so in line right to then like oh wait there's crayon on the wall there's some throw up there I'm not sleeping. How was that for you? Well, okay. Here's an interesting fact about me. I am not type A, oddly. I am a perfectionist when it comes to the work that I put out into the world. So if I do a TV segment, I want it to be perfect. If I'm doing a craft, I want it to look a certain way, feel a certain way. And if it doesn't, I'll reshoot it until it feels like that. But when it comes to my regular life, I'm actually super chill. Um, I'm very attracted to type A personality. So Ashley, if you're type A, then we can be best friends. That's Honestly, how it works, which is so weird. I like went through my whole list. My husband's type A, my mom was type A, my dad's type A, like all of my like very close best friends are all type A. So they keep my life in order, I think, so that I can just be whatever is going on in my world. But um, I think that's why I like work is because it still gives me that opportunity to be hyper-focused on something that I can perfect which is like crafting DIYs, television segments, QVC, whatever that is. But then when it comes to parenting, there is no manual. There is no handbook. It's just kind of what's well, messy. You know how it is. I have Very a nice. three-year-old right now. And I also have an almost 13-year-old. They're both boys. They're messy. Yeah, I have Life a three-year-old. Yeah, I have a three-year-old and she just went back to school. But your back to school looks very different than my back to school because... I have this, like, she walks in, she turns around, she blows me a kiss and she waves. And then I don't see her for four hours. And I'm like, toss my hair back, go to the coffee shop, 
you know, I, I, I might, you know, blare some music in the car and I'm feeling pretty good. But you have gone the route with homeschooling. And I would just love to hear your decision on this and what it is like to homeschool kids, because it's definitely not on my platform a lot. And I bow down to those who have made this decision to make it work, because a lot of it is because of travel and just the ability to just be so flexible, right? I mean, okay, so the reason I never once did I think about homeschooling, that wasn't something on my radar. I was never against it, but I was like, that's just probably not going to work. As a working mom, you know that that's not the easiest thing to have your kids home all day trying to help them learn while you're trying to work. So Eddie was actually in um, the public school system here in LA at a 10 out of 10 school, and he was in first grade. So he did kindergarten and first grade at a public school. And um, one day I went to pick him up from school, like the one day I didn't come in early and check on him. And his teacher goes, you should ask Eddie how his day was. And I'm like, well, that's weird because you're like one of my best friends. The teacher is one of my best friends. You, anything went wrong, you would just call me or text me. And so we were walking out and I go, Eddie, well, how was your day? And he's like, it wasn't very good. I'm like, well, what are you talking about? I'm like, did someone pick on you? Did you have a weird interaction? Like, you know, there's a million things in first grade that go wrong that truly generally are not a big deal. So, you know, you kind of work through them. And he goes, well, a kid put one of those giant beanbag chairs over my face and said, I'm going to suffocate and kill you. I'm like, what? Like, what? When did this happen? And he was like 830 this morning. And so this kid, I guess he had like a psychotic break and he was picking up like the double metal desks, you know, they have in school and he was yeah. throwing them across the room. And when I saw the photo, it looked like a school shooting. And as they were trying to evacuate the classroom, he was picking up the scissors on all the kids' desks and throwing them at the back of their heads. And I didn't find out until I picked him up from school because there is no protocol for a psychotic break like that in a kid. There's only pro protocol for like an accident at the schoolyard during PE class or recess or, um, you know. Essentially what we see on TV, right? Like what we it see is. on It's exactly TV. what, yeah. And so I really got in, into it with the LAUSD school system because I was like, look, this is not okay. Um, if this kid doesn't get the help that he needs, this is going to happen again, but on the larger scale. And someone's really, 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 really going to get hurt. So I felt that responsibility to advocate for that kid, not to mention getting some like therapy for my kid because of what happened. And when I went to talk to the principal, because obviously you're lit up, you're a mom, you're like, this is my baby. How could someone do this and not call me? And she goes, well, at least he's not dead. So it's really not that bad. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Hold the phone. Did you just tell me because my kid's alive, it's not that bad. I mean, Yes, in one way that puts it in perspective, but in another way, did we have to get there to have change? And we so didn't. we no. did not have to get there. So this turned into a very much of an Oprah situation. I took 30 days off of work and just sat in the classroom because they would not also allow me to take my kid to do independent study. And I was like, report cards for the year are already in. You guys aren't gonna change what happened. You're not going to protect my kid. You're not going to change anything. The only thing you've made happen is that this kid was made to apologize to my child. And I was like, it is more than that, right? Like it's mental health. Like this kid was not in his right mind when that happened. And this kid also had a twin brother who was lovely, like nothing wrong, no issues. And so 
I really had a lot of issues with LAUSD where I'm like, I was talking to the superintendent and the first thing you could have said is like, his grades are in, he already has A's, you can take him home for 30 days. But no, you want him to come here. So I'm like, I will be here also as well for the next 30 days. And my husband agreed. He was like, that's like the best situation. So that's what we did. And then because it was the end of the school year, there was no option of him getting into private school the next year because all the schools are impacted here in LA. And so that's when we got into a charter homeschool. So that's actually where we started, which is kind of a crazy reason, like not the most conventional reason as to why we did it. That's wild. I do hope I'm firstly, I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled to hear that your son was not like, you know, injured in the way and and he is fine now. But also I do hope that the, the boy that had his meltdown, I do hope that he got the care that he needed and they were able to, no. So the story actually gets crazier. So a lot of parents actually, more moms were not standing behind me when I was kind of like, this kid needs help. My kid needs some help. And I got cursed at, I got told that I was not empathetic, that I didn't have a carry bone in my body. I mean, I was told like F you to my face and it was crazy. And I was crushed. And I was like, these were people that were my mom friends up until this happened. How is this possible? Because I'm actually advocating for the safety of your kids as well as my own. You know, I'm going to be in the classroom on top of all of this to make sure that it doesn't happen. Because it's, it doesn't here, your child broken for to, to the person who had the child that, that did that did all of the hate. It's not yes. that your child's your child needs help. Like that's then that as a parent is your job to help your child. Like so right. So when I left the school year, I was kind of like, I'm so done here. Like I can't believe that these women that I thought were my mom friends, in fact, are turning on me in such a crazy way. And then a little bit through the next school year, we get all these phone calls, like our phones are blowing up, right? And they're like, why are our phones blowing up? It's super weird from all these people from like Eddie's old school. And it turns out that this kid had another one of his breaks and he had kicked a kid unconscious and was in the ER. And so they wanted our help advocating through the school system and the superintendent and the lawyer we used and like all this different stuff. And, you know, a lot of them apologized. They were like, I'm sorry. Like I, we didn't realize that this would happen. And I was like, it's because it wasn't your kid last year, but I knew based on everything that happened and being in the talks that it would happen again and it would get worse because the kids get bigger. Yeah. And so, no, the kid never got help. And they, you know, the public school system here, they ended up paying for him to go to a private school. So it's just a whole situation where I'm like, you know, you want to be able to send your kids to school. Where can we put like a little blanket, a little safety blanket over something to the side? You know, I, it's so sad because, so my husband is British. So I tell him these stories about myself growing up in school and the fights and the craziness that I used to see with my own two eyes were insane that you would think that, I mean, that was decades ago, that you would think that this would, they would perhaps have a kind of control on it. And they, it just seems to be getting heightened and it's gone further and further. And it's just like, what are they waiting for? Like what, what are we waiting for now? Like, why can't we not get the proper security, the proper guidance for kids to, you know, know better, if you will. And for, you know, like yourself, you now don't feel comfortable for your child to go to school. 
it's right. I mean, and, and then it's like, you know, once you get into homeschool, it's kind of the things that you talked about. It's most of the reasons that people love it, right? So we were able to go to Iceland for a few weeks. We went to Alaska for a few weeks. We traveled in RV for a month. Like it affords you that flexibility to learn on the road. So it's like, once you get into homeschool, you're like, this is pretty rad. Like we can do a lot of things and you can do a lot of immersed learning. And so I love it. And Eddie is a very accelerated reader. Like he's tested out in 12th grade for a very long time in that section, but like math has been really hard for him. So now he's able to do a really cool math school. It's called the Russian school of math over here. And he goes five hours a week, oddly loves it because at home it was like running his head into a wall, trying to teach him math. And then he has two and a half hours of homework on it on top of that. And so it gives you that time to do all the things that really are personalized to your kids. So I can't say that I hate it now. It just wasn't my first choice. And now that you're in it, was your D, the, the DIY kind of like going that route? Was that then inspired? Because, you know, Eddie is now doing all of these different projects and, you know, you're, you're going through the different years with him. Is that what sparked your love of this? Or was this something that also like this just, you know, was in your back pocket. This was like another hidden talent of yours, Vina. We've got <laughs> batons on one hand and a DIY on the other. Um, you know, I've always loved creative. I mean, like back in the day when we were kids, you didn't have really fun nail polish colors. So I was constantly mixing things and it would drive my mom crazy. So I think I've always loved art and different things like that. And my mom, um, you know, she grew up in Indonesia and they learned how to do pattern making for sewing. And so I grew up learning how to do a lot of things and my Grandmother on my mom's side, she came to the U.S. and became a really well-known Indonesian chef. So it's always kind of been that kind of DIY, create your own, do it yourself. And, you know, we didn't grow up with a lot of money. So creating and doing and fixing things on your own was like kind of a big skill set. Um, and then I just always loved doing it. My husband and I renovate houses on the side. Like it's just something fun that we do. And so while you're doing that, I think that's where the design elements come in. And obviously you want things that look beautiful, but on a budget. So you start creating things on your own. And my husband has, um, he's done a construction company. So we've just kind of done a lot of that. And then, I don't know, I just started sharing more of it on Instagram because why not? And then I think yeah. COVID is where I really got sparked into being like, this is actually what I really love doing. Like I love covering red carpets. I love, you know, sharing the latest and greatest in entertainment, but I actually really love inspiring people to create that's budget friendly, but beautiful, easy. You can do it with your kids or without. So I think it's just kind of been a long kind of circuitous way of getting here to DIY. But did you, but did you realize that you were building your own personal brand? Because for a lot of people, they're like, how did she strategize this? If I were to look at your Instagram, that's what I would be thinking because I'm like, what? where do you start? Like you're, you're in this, Oh, I got more people following it. Oh, I got more engagement on this. Oh, I'm really loving this too. This is my brand because you are now a QVC queen. Like you are initially like you're, you are in, you're, you're not like one foot in Vina. You're in, you're in QVC. That's like mega. So like, how did you like build your brand? Like it just like, it just came up in front of you. No, I mean, I think everything's an evolution, right? So if there's one thing I tell people is just to not pigeonhole yourself too much, right? Like I do love DIYs and hacks and crafts, and that's always going to be a part of who I am and what I love, but you never know. It's like, I really wanted to become a red carpet host. And so I covered a ton of red carpets. That's what I shared a lot. Latest Grace and Movies with Eddie and I, and 
And then it just kind of slowly pivots. Sometimes I would show a recipe, sometimes I'd show a craft and that's how it is now. It's like now I love doing at-home movie nights that are themed and I work with Netflix family on it and it's really, really fun. So I think it's just about like letting yourself maneuver and pivot as different things change in your life. I mean, I have a three-year-old now, so things might shift a little bit. It's hard to say. And you never know what opportunities come up. So I always just say, be open-minded, things that you genuinely love, and people are going to stay engaged and follow you. I think it's really hard when I see people that maybe just have a food brand and they're like, but I really want to show some of my kids in fashion. And it's so hard for their followers because they go there for the daily recipe that they love. And they're like, well, I don't really want to see you wearing clothes. I mean, they might be cute, but I really want the recipe. And so I think I like to keep it pretty broad so that, you know, people can kind of get to know me overall. And then if we move and change, they can come on the journey. And how do the kids feel about being involved or do they want to be involved or are they like time out from that? Or how does that work? Um, (laughs) Well, when I get something and offer, I always ask, well, Max is three. So I do ask him, but Eddie's almost 13. So he's been doing it with me for a really long time. So I ask, I always ask him if he wants to do it. And if he does want to do it, I do charge a little bit extra for my kids to be in it. And so I just put that into a fund for them. And so I pay them. And so I feel like I have my own LLC. So like, you know, I, it, it's all over the table. And I just feel like it's a job for me. So if they want to be a part of it, it's a job for them. And so I think when they get paid, they take more pride in it. You know, Max is a little different. Max might get a little toy or like something else or a treat, but I still pay him and put it into his college fund. But um, I think that's really it. I think it's just about making kids understand that like we're, it's a job for everybody. So if everybody's getting paid, we can all take it seriously. What's the ultimate like, What's the ultimate like job offer that you really <laughs> would love to see? I mean, for me, I'm, I'm just so proud that I'm talking to someone that is on the QVC because that's so iconic in America. <laughs> it's real. But like, do you, it, it, I, we always want more, right? There's always like, once you get that, like, it's like you always want more. What is that next big thing that you want to attain? So that's, a, that's an interesting conversation. Ryan and I have been having this conversation a lot because I think in the past I've been so pigeonholed about like, I really want to become um, an entertainment reporter on a main channel, right? And then when the opportunity presented itself, I'm like, actually, that's not what I want to do. You know, but that's all I could focus on for a really long time. And it's like, I couldn't see anything else outside of that. And now I guess I just kind of feel like whatever is meant to be for me will find its way. I mean, I think even like something like QVC, never in a million years did I dream that I could be a brand ambassador for one of QVC's lines. Like that wasn't in my realm of even thinking because I'm like, how does one even get that? And, and what product is this for the Busy Mumsy listener? Ooh, it's called uh, Sella. It's uh, QVC's own line of home kitchen and organization. It's actually awesome and I love it. But I think that's what it is. It's like there are not, there isn't a bucket list because I feel like you just don't know what's out there. So in the meantime, I'm going to keep doing what I do. I'm going to keep perfecting my craft and learning new skills, meeting more people, and then just seeing. I mean, I think for a long time, I hustled outward for a really, really long time, like connecting with people, saying, you know, we should work together. And I have to tell you that the no's are really hard to digest. And I don't know yeah. if that's just being a mom where you're like, I don't have a ton of wins in my day. So to get an inbox full of like, not right now, we don't have anything. It was really hard to digest. And I felt like I was expending a lot of energy doing that. And I just realized like, 
the coolest opportunities I've gotten have come out of the blue. And I've actually thought that they were not even real. Like I remember getting an email from a PR company being like, would you like to moderate a panel for Carrie Underwood? And I thought this has to be spam. Like, I don't know you. And this is so far fetched. And you want me to go to the Hamptons? Like super weird. Like, how does this even happen? And I'm like, you know what, even if it is far fetched, and it's maybe a scam, I'm just gonna say email back and be like, yes, please, like, let's connect. And I got on the phone. And she was like, it's next week. And you'd be moderating this panel for Carrie's like, it's her workout line, Kalia by Carrie. Well, at least it was at Dick's Sporting Goods. And it was like the most surreal thing, right? Like you couldn't even put that on a bucket list of things that you wanted to do because you didn't even know it existed. And so I think that's what I love is like the happy surprises that come. And I don't feel like I'm expending any energy going outwards and getting stuck in it. Like my husband has a book called The Hustle Trap. And I was like, I feel like that's such a thing, right? Like you get stuck in that hustle. And so now I just feel a little bit more satisfied just being like, whatever is meant to be will find its way to me. And I'll keep doing what I do and enjoying my life and we'll see what happens. I don't know. I don't know if that's a good mentality or not, but it's taken a lot of pressure off. Yeah. But I found that though, with having a child, it just made it, it made me readjust my footing. So what serves me, right? I, for me, I, I still have a little bit of my nose out and hustle, 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 because I, I still am building. I want busy moms right. to be. So I'm still building an, an eye on the prize of the things that I want. And God willing, Carrie Underwood's PR team will call me one day. <laughs> and I'll be like, it can happen. It can happen. Nina, I know how this works. Yes. But, you know, it's, it's so refreshing to hear that you are still though you are still working hard and you're grateful for it. And at the end of the day, it's like, you, you have your two boys, you have your husband, you have like, you, you're, you're in the moment. And I think that we can get very caught up when it's like hustle, 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 and you forget about the moment. And so I, I have to ask. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I think a lot of things changed for me during COVID, right? Like I really had like a mental reset, like learning how to be happy at home and really taking those moments. Plus Max was my rainbow baby. We tried for four years to have him and I had a miscarriage and it was, I had never even, I knew people had them, but I didn't think that I was going to have one. So it, there was like so many different moments of reset, I think in there. And I think by the time I had him, I was so grateful when he came out and he was so healthy that I appreciate the moments with him because I knew how much we wanted him. You know, right. and I think some of that changes and your priorities change. And, you know, I think also I remember, I, don't, I mean, you're a mom, so you get it. It's like, we can do hard things. And I think, yeah. I don't think I realized that until I had Max being like, okay, now I, like when I had Eddie, I quit my job. And so I was able to nurse and do all the things and kind of relax and do like the mom life. But this is a different phase of my life. I'm like, now I have an older kid. I have a baby. I want to nurse exclusively. I want to work full time. I don't like having help. And I think it's just made me realize that one balance doesn't exist in my life. It's just prioritizing in the day. Like what's the biggest priority that needs to get checked off the list. Um, and that me time is not as important as enjoying the moments. Like if yeah. I can just be, it's weird, right? Like I, everybody needs like a little bit of time away. That's not my point. My point is like, yeah, 
I do enjoy running like yesterday, I went to UPS by myself, which is very exciting to do some Amazon returns. I realize that. But you know, sometimes you just need a little break. But I think it's really about enjoying like when I wake up, like I tell my husband, I'm like, I would never have this any other way. Like I, Eddie is like my best friend. He's 13 years old, almost 13. And I tell him everything almost. And I love that we cook together. He does school, you know, he has his like gymnastics. We like got into spray painting outside. Like it, we have such a beautiful relationship and I appreciate being able to do my job that I do now, even though it's hard to balance it. Like last night after I did QVC, I was up for another hour working um, just because that's the time that I have. And no, Vina, you have to say it. You were up at midnight to do QVC and then you stayed up longer to work. I mean, I absolutely loved your Insta stories. Like, yeah, just put the kids down to bed. <laughs> and now I'm <laughs> and you were just like all glammed and ready to be on TV. <laughs> I mean, but that's kind of life. And that's why I tell people I'm so grateful to have a job, even though, you know, were my eyes a little bloodshot because normally I am already in bed, makeup off, ready to go to sleep at like 10. And if I have to work, great, but I work till I fall asleep, so no big deal. Um, but I get to do that. And I think it's really, really lovely. And I get to be here and I haven't missed a single moment of both of my kids. Like I've seen their first steps, their first, every, every milestone I have been here for. And I could not be more appreciative of that because not every mom gets to do that. Right. And not, not every mom gets to have a job where she can kind of make it around her kids. Like, yeah, it's stressful sometimes working with your kids, especially a three-year-old. Like we did this thing with an ice cream the other day with Max and it was like, Max, you can't eat it yet. And he's three. He's like, of course I'm going to eat it. I'm like, you can't eat it yet. I have to shoot it first, you know? So it's not the easiest, you know, job sometimes, but it is really fun. And while we're working, we always make memories. So it's a really good balance if there ever was a balance. Well, you're balancing it beautifully and uh, your content is so authentic and it's so relatable. And I appreciate that so much. And um, I appreciate you taking just a little time to have a busy mumsy chat with me today. It was such a pleasure, Vina. Yes, same to you, Ashley. And I know we're gonna be fast friends, so. Thanks so much for listening to this week's show. Did you like it, Adia? Yes! Oh, the enthusiasm. I love it. Please share your love by giving us a five-star rating, a rockin' review, and please share with any fellow Busy Mumsies. We love hearing from you. So if you want to get in touch, head to the Busy Mumsy show notes for further details and links to the Busy Mumsy website. So long for now. Can you say bye-bye, Adia? Bye-bye, Adia. <laughs> Ha, ha, ha.